0: Hello, my name is Helen Wynn here, and welcome to Wellness Wednesday with 3W. Wellness Wednesday is sponsored by 3W Medical for Women, a medical clinic that provides free reproductive health services for women in the Seattle area. Today, we're joined by guest speaker Grace Stark, who wrote a wonderful article that I'm obsessed about called, Is Abortion Killing Maternal Health?, it's published by Verily. So Grace, can you really quickly describe what Verily is?
1: So Verily is a really excellent women's publication. I've had the honor of writing for them for a couple of years now, even though I've been reading them for, I think they've been around for about 10 years now. They started mm-hmm. off in print, moved online online. They were one of the first women's magazines to really go hard on the no retouching of photos. Mm-hmm. Um, and their tag is more of who you are, less of who you should be. And uh-huh. so they really promote, you know, that I- idea of, of bringing out the best in who women are. So I love working with them. They're a great resource. You know, I recommend them to, to young women of all stripes, whether you're young, single professional, you know, a mother, working mother, they've got something for everybody. And I love the team. there. a lot of great writers and really happy to be writing for them a lot. Yeah.
0: They're they're so wonderful. They're such a great resource. And if you follow our Facebook page or Instagram page, I post a lot of their articles whenever I run across one that's relevant to what, uh, and connects with what 3W is trying to do. We usually post it and we get some really great comments and conversations from that. So again, thank you Grace for telling us about Verily and I'm so very excited to have Grace on today. And here's a bit more about Grace and and her background. So Grace is a writer, editor, and speaker whose interest and expertise includes fertility awareness, women's health, bioethics, and health policy. Her work has been featured in outlets such as Natural Womanhood, where she is an assistant editor, the Linacar Quarterly, the Public Discourse, Verily, and many other platforms that publish her work. Grace holds an MA in bioethics and health policy from Loyola University in Chicago and a BS in healthcare management and policy from Georgetown University. Grace is proud to be a military wife and currently lives in San Diego with her husband and two children. So, thank you again, Grace, for joining us. I know your schedule is packed with two kids and all the wonderful work that you're doing, but she's given me a bit of her time today. So, I'm so very grateful. I reached out to Grace after reading this article, and which led, it's like Pinterest, which led me down a rabbit hole of so many of your other articles. And it made me go, I had. I had to meet you. Um so we had a wonderful I reached out to her on email. Um you're so accessible which I really appreciate. And we got on the phone and we had a great conversation and now she's here. So this is so very special for me. I wanted to focus today specifically on that initial article that I read that that you wrote Grace and I wanted to have a podcast to build more on it. It's such a great st- a conversation starter and we're only going to scratch the surface today. But I thought we'd Go ahead and let our listeners know, have them read it themselves. So let's go ahead and dive in. What was your goal in in writing this article?
1: So that's a really great question because the article does cover a lot of ground. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I think primarily my goal was to raise awareness about the state of maternal health in the United States, you know, we're, we're a wealthy country, there's a lot of debate about our healthcare system, but we do have, you know, some of the best technology, the best treatments in the world. And so it's kind of counterintuitive to think that, you know, a medical condition such as pregnancy, that's existed literally since the dawn of time, that for something so commonplace, we don't actually fare that well comparatively, uh, especially we're talking about the developed world, we're actually the worst when it comes to maternal health and mortality among the developed world. And that's when people hear that, they just, you can see that it just doesn't register. Like, how how can that be? Um, And yet it's true. And so my goal with the article, you know, is to raise awareness of the state of maternal health in the United States. And also to alert women that, you know, I believe that there's a better, more authentic way of thinking about and doing women's health. And I come at that from a background of, you know, having a health policy degree, thinking through, you know, what shapes a good policy in healthcare, what really promotes, you know, good health and an ethical standpoint, too. I have a master's in bioethics and, you know, this is... Uh, being pregnant, getting pregnant, delivering a baby is something the vast majority of women do, and so from an ethical standpoint, how can we be putting our, our our money and our interests and our attention on other issues when this one is staring us in the face and it's so common and it's so important? I mean, vital yeah. to life itself. Right. Um, so it's an it's an issue that that really needs uh, more light, and that was my goal in writing the
0: article. Yeah. Why, why do you think that even in developed countries, such as our own exceedingly wealthy countries have such high maternity mortality rates? Why do you have a, a theory on why that is?
1: You know, from the reading that I have done, I think that a really big part of our maternal mortality disparity when compared to other developed countries really does come from, you know, racial and ethnic disparities, um, mm. because there is such a huge disparity when it comes to specifically, you know, white and black women in the United States, mm. um, their outcomes, black women's outcomes, that is, are so much, so much worse than ours. Um, I want to say, uh, you know, off the top of my head from my article, I think it's, they're like three times more likely to die. I'd have to look up the exact um, statistic again, but it's, it's, it's heinous. And there are a lot of reasons for that. You know, there's, there's definitely some ingrained racial biases at play. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, you know, issues in comorbidities, which, you know, like diabetes, hypertension, uh, stuff that relates to, you know, the environment that we're raised in. And also on the whole, we're just a lot less healthy as a country mm-hmm. than we've ever been. So there's a right. lot, lot of issues at play. And yeah, it, I, I tried to address some of them in my article, but even the experts, and I'm, I'm no expert, you know, the experts at the CDC, they're not even 100% sure why it is our maternal mortality is, is um, so poor compared to the rest of the developed world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm
0: yeah, so just piggybacking on that piece that you just brought up about how race plays a role in maternal health care. specifically, in your article, like you mentioned, you you highlighted black pregnant women versus white pregnant women in our culture right now, what can we do from your, from an opinion from you, what can we do as a society to change those statistics? We, you mentioned the CDC and and pointing these types of things out. What can we do? So like a place like 3W, where we welcome anyone, regardless of race, creed, religion, finance, and all of that stuff, should we have more places like that? Or how how do we get training? Or how do we build a system that embraces everyone that walks through our door that needs our help, regardless of all those different barriers that people see? Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, I I think a huge issue, you know, overwhelmingly, when you read stories of women who have died in childbirth or have nearly died in childbirth, overwhelmingly, there's a thread of women's concerns not being listened to. And, you know, so many of these women had a gut feeling that something was wrong and that they were and then they were told time and time again, you know, nothing's wrong. You're fine. Go home. Mm
0: -hmm. And,
1: you know, that's across the board, not just black women and not just white women. Women across the board Mm -hmm. um, have come forward with these experiences of just not being listened to. And I think for women, especially, that is a huge slap in the face because I believe, because we have to be, we are very intuitive when it comes to our bodies.
0: Yes. If you yeah. think
1: about the fact that we have this potential to get pregnant and, and grow and sustain a new life inside of us. And all that includes the, the major changes that have to happen in your body for all that to happen. We Mm -hmm. are so naturally intuitive when it comes to uh, listening to our bodies. So to show up at a a doctor's office and really have this gut feeling that something is wrong and to just not be listened to, obviously we're seeing the fruit of that. We're seeing, you know, in our maternal mortality rates Mm -hmm. and in the anecdotal stories that you hear from women that, you know, we are, we are really reaping the fruit of not listening to women. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a huge, huge piece of it is just listening to women when they have concerns and following up with it. And then raising awareness of the most common causes of maternal mortality, which are largely preventable, actually. I think yeah. the World Health Organ- Organization says that 75% of maternal deaths are actually preventable. And that's mm-hmm. staggering. That is a staggering statistic. And it's things like infection. You know, hemorrhaging. You know, things that are very glaringly obvious.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: again, you know, women show up at their doctor's office or call, and they're 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 pushed off time and time again, and not believed when it comes down to it. So, I want to give you a chance to jump in because I'm.
0: Gonna... <laughs> I, I just, you know, sharing these statistics about how these um, mortality rates could be prevented just always shocks me. Um, It's 2020 and we still have these types of issues Um, and it's in developed countries and it's it's in wealthy countries that could definitely, if we allow women the space and time to voice their concerns about their own healthcare and trust their bodies, um, like you said, we're so, we're very intuitive and when we know that there's something wrong, that it should be taken seriously. So here at 3W, we try our best to give women space. That's why all of our appointments are up to an hour with a licensed medical provider. You can come in as many times as you want to talk to a medical provider for an hour. Do you think that our healthcare system has become so much like a machine churning out numbers that, I mean, your typical appointment these days is like 15 minutes with a medical provider. Do you think that adds to the mortality rates? Do you think that adds to poor health care for women in general?
1: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I don't think there's any denying that. And, you know, a lot of it, I don't want to pile on doctors. My husband's actually a doctor. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of it is outside of their control. Absolutely. You know, you, yeah. patients, you know, are often treated as numbers because a patient coming through the door is, you know, treated as a number by their insurance company. Yes a lot of times. And that's where reimbursement comes from. So a lot of it is outside the control of doctors. And even if they start practicing with the best of intentions of treating women, you know, the way they want to treat them and listening to them, it becomes unsustainable for their for their practice or for their organization to take that kind of time a lot of the time, the way things are currently structured. You know, that's a whole other, whole other bag of bag of whatever that um, we don't have time to really get into the nitty gritty of right now. But yeah, I, you know, there isn't enough time for women to voice their concerns and OB appointments, you're in and out the door like, like that. Um, and so that is part of the problem is that women do feel rushed, they feel hurried. And I do think that's where you are seeing um, a movement of women towards, you know, more midwifery type care, especially for women who have uncomplicated pregnancies, because there's less of that feeling of being, you know, just a number, I think, right. and a midwife is there specifically to, you know, take care of, of pregnant and postpartum women, they're not doing, you know, pap smear right after you leave, but they need you to get out of the office so that they can get, you know, everything yeah. set up. So I, I think there, there is, you're seeing a reaction there. Mm-hmm. But again, there are disparities in who can access that kind of care, who's educated about it, who have, has the means for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I, and I do think that that's also possibly why in, you know, other Europe, developed countries such as in Europe, you know, where there is much more of a focus on, on um, midwifery care and midwives taking care of pregnant women, mm-hmm. where maybe there, there's something to it, you know, where right. they're, they're, better, better maternal mortality it might be because, they do things a
0: little bit differently. There's a different focus. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah, I I totally agree that. And I hear that from doctors that come and volunteer with us that it's so nice to be in a place where they can really focus on their patients Mm -hmm. versus knowing that they have to code a certain way at the end of the day um, because billing and insurance gets in the way of patient care. Um, So yeah, thank you for pointing that out. So shifting a little bit Why do you think, as a culture, we focus so much on just a piece of women's health, specifically pregnancy prevention? How does that dilute women's health care overall?
1: Yeah, so definitely, I think when you hear the term women's health, it's just become so synonymous with contraception, abortion, you know, all things that seek to prevent or end a pregnancy. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's so, it's so narrow-minded, it's so single-minded because there's so much more to women's health than that. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I think that maybe the focus is that we're, we're so determined to make it so that women have all of the same opportunities as men, that there's almost a focus on making women more like men, which Mm -hmm. is what contraception does Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, there's good intentions wanting wanting women to have, you know, opportunities unencumbered by a pregnancy that came along, you know, before you were ready for it. But the way we're going about it, I think, is misguided because it ends up just making the sole focus not on a holistic view of women and their fertility and more, more as a band aid solution, really, at the end of the day, because that's. That's really, in a lot of ways, what contraception and abortion both are, are Band-Aid solutions. You look at the fact that, you know, the WHO claims that to better maternal mortality rates, we need widespread access to abortion. But the country, the United States, the, one of the only countries in the world, it's one among five, I believe, with the most liberal abortion laws, we have one of the worst maternal mortality rates yeah, in the developed world. Yeah. Um, and then even on a more micro level, you know, cities like New York City that have very, very liberal abortion laws and Planned Parenthood is headquartered there. There's there's mm-hmm. lots of access to contraception and abortion services. Yet, you know, 50 percent of black pregnancies in New York City end mm-hmm. in abortion yeah. and Black women in New York City die in pregnancy and childbirth at twelve times the rate that white women do. Yeah. so I don't know how we can keep beating this drum that more abortion and more contraception access is the answer to women's health to our maternal mortality crisis because it, it doesn't really pan out that
0: way um, yeah. the numbers um, yeah, there seems to be a contradiction mm-hmm. In, in saying one thing will help the other, but mortality rates continue to be a problem. So what is it really helping? Right.
1: And in a way, you know, it, it really could be exacerbating the problem. And that's kind of what I address in, in my articles, because we're so focused on the the abortion wars and the fights over contraception when we've got this huge problem staring us in the face. And we don't even seem—I say in my article—you know—abortion, contrac- contraception are kind of sucking all of the oxygen out of the conversation when it comes yeah. to women's health. It's like we don't—the blinders are on for anything but those two things—and yeah. um, it kind of prevents us from putting our resources and our attention to saving saving mothers. When
0: mm-hmm. they're um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It, it seems like there hasn't. You know, we get the message that women can do anything if we were given the resources and the time to figure it out and the support from our community. And yet we say these are quick Band-Aid kind of solutions to what you're dealing with. And it just makes me think like what we're missing out on as a community, as as a, a system to really help those that would like to carry to term but feel that she has no other option or choice to do that and that's so unfortunate again in this day and age to feel constrained by financial issues or support from your for na- your neighbors you know my background is in social work and for a, a really long time social workers are gatekeepers to community resources that could help women if they decide, hey, I want other options. And that's what we are we really want to, that's one of our core values here at 3W is like, let's just talk about all your options. Let's lay out everything on the table to really evaluate where you want to go. And at the end of the day, it's your choice. But what choice do you really have when contraception and abortion is consistently being brought up in conversations about women's health? There, there seems to be no other option or path to go down.
1: Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's where, yeah, real choice comes from real information. Yeah. Um, If you don't have everything laid out before you, like what you're talking about is Mm -hmm. is what you do at 3W, then how can you really say that you've made a choice? Yeah. It's not much of a choice at all when you know your your choices are either you know dying in childbirth or having an abortion. Does that feel like a choice to most women? I would argue probably not.
0: No. Um,
1: And again, you know, you touched on support, and support is huge. A woman who feels supported, who feels like she has a community to to take care of her, to hold her hand, to you know, get her through it. what she's going through is huge. You see that in not only you know pregnancy, but beyond with with breastfeeding. Oh if a woman feels if that's the number one factor in determining whether a woman will continue will start and continue to breastfeed is whether or not she has support. Mm-hmm. And I think that's true with with so much in our lives, and it, it it shouldn't come as any surprise. But of course, you know, it takes it takes a lot more time and effort to, to provide real, authentic support and education than it does to just prescribe contraception, to schedule an abortion. Mm-hmm. You know, those are the easy fixes. And frankly, you know, women deserve better than an easy fix. Right. Um, and that's what I believe. And that's one reason why I promote wherever I can fertility awareness methods mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um which you know methods of, of charting your cycle so that you can you know choose when you want to engage in intercourse based mm-hmm. on your state of fertility. So you know when you can get pregnant. Mm-hmm. You know if you have sex during that time, you mm-hmm. know there's a high likelihood that you could get pregnant. Um mm-hmm. so you abstain during that time, you know, if you if you don't want to get pregnant and it's mm-hmm. um you know, I, I, I'm probably going too much into it.
0: No, it's totally fine.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, uh, I, I just really, I I beat the drum about fertility awareness wherever I go, because I, I see that as being more of a holistic picture of women's health and actually Mm -hmm. really educating women and giving Mm -hmm. them choices about their fertility and about how the way they use their bodies So, yeah, kind of going off on a tangent there. No, you're
0: totally fine. It's something that you're passionate about, which. Yeah, super super passionate about it. Um, And it teaches
1: women to, and kind of getting back to what we're talking about with being intuitive, you know, fertility awareness really, really teaches women how to be intuitive with their bodies on a whole new level. Yeah. And that, that just builds, you know, if you, you, you know, your body, you know, your body's patterns, you know, what feels right when something feels wrong. And you can see Mm -hmm. that all reflected in your fertility charts, then, you know, you're already empowered so that when you get pregnant, you know, you don't just stop knowing your body just because you got pregnant. You you have all that time of charting, knowing your body, knowing your cycle. And so when things start to feel off, when you're in another state of fertility, pregnancy, postpartum, premenopause, you've you you you've spent that time focusing on that relationship with yourself and growing in confidence and knowledge of your body so yeah. that you can advocate for yourself a bit better. So I, I, I see fertility awareness as being a really big piece in all of this and actually mm-hmm. truly fostering a holistic, authentic sense of women's
0: health. Yeah. So, So many of our patients come in wanting to have a conversation about taking more care for their bodies. And yet they've gone to medical professionals that dismiss what they intuitively are feeling and say, go on the pill or here's something that will manage these symptoms. But they, they are so women are so smart that they're like, wait a minute, this is just going to mask what's really, I'm feeling my body is trying to tell me something. And here at three W we try so much to give women space and education around the contraception that they're venturing towards or, or, or thinking of because we want to provide women with full consent. Mm -hmm. Um, That's huge. And, and then honor what their bodies are telling them. So we definitely encourage those types of conversations because we respect what you're feeling and it's not it's not crazy or it's not something you're making up there really are some underlying issues in reproduction that contraception might not be the right option for you so that kind of, kind of wraps into my next question is how can we at 3W continue or further help patients who who are either trying to prevent pregnancy or want to be pregnant what type of balance should we strike to help maternity mortality rates to eliminate barriers for women.
1: Yeah. I think you're already doing a lot of it, you know, in providing them an authentic choice, um, mm-hmm. laying out all of the options because I think that's something women very rarely get. And again, I don't want to lay all the fault on the shoulders of, of physicians necessarily because yeah. a lot of physicians don't actually know, uh, you know, a lot about fertility awareness—they've been taught incorrectly in medical school yes. that it's the rhythm method, mm-hmm. is notoriously ineffective. So, and they want what's best for their patients. And so, if they have a patient coming in who says she doesn't want to get pregnant, and they find out she's using a fertility awareness method, and all they know is that you know it's the rhythm method, which it isn't. Yes. Um, you know, they're going to be concerned for their patients, their their patients' health health and safety. And they're going to recommend contraception. And they're probably going to disparage fertility awareness. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's not necessarily their fault, that they just aren't aren't educated about it. And that's where I see, you know, the work of like, advocates like myself and in increasing awareness and empowering women. So if you do have that kind of interaction with the doctor to say, no, 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 look, this mm-hmm. is a real thing. This works yeah. <laughs> and it's better for me and it's what I want. And, you know, try to pique your doctor's interest in, yeah. in these things and learning more so that they can help other patients who might not be as well-versed and, mm-hmm. you know, not be as great at advocating for themselves yet. Right. Um, so, yeah, giving giving women a real choice, laying out all of their options, which is not something that women get a lot, frankly, frankly. Yeah. Um, and it, just providing education. and. I think too part of the education piece as far as physicians go too is a lot of them just aren't even aware of the disparities between black women and white women when it comes to different comorbidities that really affect pregnancy outcomes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's definitely a need for, you know, but maybe better community outreach with local. OBGYNs um, to raise awareness of you know the different disparities that may exist in your community and how those can affect maternal outcomes so that they're aware of it and they know to be extra vigilant with patients who might might need that extra vigilance so there's there's a place for you know clinics like 3W to do better community outreach in that regard. To do grassroots education of the women who walk through your doors, and education of the physicians in your area too about all of the options that are available to women. So there's a lot. There's a lot of work. Get to work.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I like I said in the beginning of this episode, we're only scratching the surface. Today. Yeah. <laughs> um, and unfortunately, we are running out of time. Um, and, and it's like we have to wrap up this episode right now. And I just want to thank you again, Grace, for your time and your expertise and, and just, again, shining a light on this issue that I think we all should be talking about. We all should be curious why, why is this happening in the U.S. today? And don't worry, listeners, we're going to have Grace on again. So she's going to be back and we're going to have we're going to we're going to try to exhaust her as much as possible because she's a (laughs) Um, great. (laughs) Grace, what is one thing that what's the primary message you want to leave our listeners today? What is that one thing you want them to know?
1: Um, That knowledge of your body is your birthright Mm -hmm. as a woman and. Just because it's your birthright doesn't mean you can count on somebody to teach it to you. You might need to be the one who goes out and and learns it or find somebody to teach it to you. There isn't a lack of resources, but there's a lack of awareness about these resources. And so, you know, if you've heard something here today that's piqued your interest, you know, go home and Google it. Start doing some research. Start doing some some digging. Um, and learn to be your own advocate when it comes to your health and really take ownership not only of your fertility, but you, you know, your overall health.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you again. We're going to have Grace's article on our website and podcast platforms, so you'll be able to read it for yourself. I'm super curious about what our listeners, if you do read it, what are your thoughts? So please feel free to reach out to me. Send me a message on my email, which is Helen, H-E-L-E-N, another N at 3wmedical.org. You can find me on our website as well. Thank you again, Grace. We're so lucky to have you join us today. At 3W Medical, we provide free reproductive health services, and we approach women's healthcare from a holistic, patient-centered type of care. So if you wanna know more about us, you can find our information on our website, which is the number three, letter W, medical.org. If you like what you're hearing on our podcast and the different episodes and different topics we're covering, please visit our website again. Click on the podcast tab. You can listen to all of them. Give me your feedback, what you think. And till next time, everyone stay healthy and be well.